Please pull up a seat and wind down. Was your sojourn on Rakenjima a pleasant one? The Golden Witch has invited you to a tea party. We hope you choose to attend. Hello and welcome to A Hidden Tea Party. I am Courtney, the Witch of Video Games, and these are my guests. Hello, I'm Jess, my pronouns are they, them, Um, and I am a video game. I did have I did have an actual intro that I thought of that would be quite funny, and as soon as you started to be, I forgot what it was. So oh, that's what you have. No, that's perfect. You're great. Don't change it. You um, are a video game. I'm. <laughs> you are a video game. Um, hi, my name's Rowan. My pronouns are they them. Uh. You know what? <laughs> that's what you're getting. I'm no not thoughts, funny. Head empty. You know what? Same. I do want to preface this episode by, um, since the last time we recorded, I've been to a family gathering, and no joke, I was sad at the family gathering, and these motherfuckers started discussing the dollar value of gold, and I was... Are you joking? Transcendent. Um, not least because I could tell them the yen value of gold while I was there. You've been proud. <laughs> it was all useful. I was Every part proud. of this game um, where you're like, when am I ever going to need to know this? It's going to come around in your real life. It's See, this video games are educational, you know? They are. God, I was... Uh, I wish I was making this up, but I'm not. My family are just like that. They were talking about crypto and then moved on to the dollar value of gold. But like, I do minutes. think Kinzo should have buried Maybe. ten tons of crypto on his island. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna just age horrendously. One, like, one little like USB. <laughs> on a little USB. I don't know how you store crypto. <laughs> on um on the flipping crypto island that they're making. Yeah. Ugh. Oh god. That's Murder not on about the crypto that. island. <laughs> yeah, you can tell I listen to tech podcasts. <laughs> um or like anti tech mm. podcasts, I guess. No tech. God. Tech bad. So back onto video tech. games. Tech bad. Let's talk <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh. Stop saying ooh, you're nine years old. <laughs> Never. <laughs> on God. The amount of people I've managed to get to do that, because I just do it all the time now. Say, ooh. Stop saying, ooh, you're nine years I old. I actually haven't. <laughs> well, have you gone around telling people that you, when you grow up, you want to be a witch? No, either. I'm like, I'm I'm a Maria Stan, but I'm not picking up her mannerisms we need... yet. We need to get, I need to read about 700 hours more. <laughs> um, <I> don't <laughs> you don't to... go, <laughs> when things go wrong. 
or write. You're not drawing magic symbols in your notebook. I did I did tweet recently about walking around town with a giant bag full of just the most random crap because I have been doing that recently. Like proper Maria handbag. That is one of my like favorite details from this chapter that I forgot about is that Maria's handbag is just full of random shit. Yeah, I want a tour. <laughs> a full handbag tour. What else you got in there, Maria? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, like a 2012 <laughs> <laughs> Unboxing my handbag. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh. Well, I've got this grimoire and also this, like, severed head and these 12 pumpkin candies. <laughs> and also, this rock that I found on the ground. It's a very pretty rock. It might be magical. It is a very pretty... That's the one. I mean, I say um, that I have a rock in my bag. Well, there we go. Backpack that I take yeah. everywhere. Like, it's good. There we go, it's magic great. rock. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's Rosa who says that the bag's full of crap, so it might actually be like these ancient it's probably artifacts. Full of really cool <laughs> stuff. It's, it's full of crap that appears to be crap, but it's actually, like, genuinely plot relevant. <laughs> just it's, all it's the murder weapons thing. are in Maria's bag, and Rosa's just like, what is all this crap? <laughs> Why isn't she a cute girl? Rosa's like, I can't believe instead of having loads of makeup in her bag, she has full things that she's genuinely interested in and are relevant to her hobbies. Disgusting. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into this uh, into this later, but uh, as you can tell, we read um, the first half of uh, chapter two, uh, Turn of the Golden Witch. For people reading along with us, we have read up to uh, chapter nine, uh, Jessica and Canon. But we will be uh, just seeing how much we can get into an hour for this episode. <laughs> um, but there won't be any spoilers for beyond chapter nine of episode two, if you're reading along. Good morning. The Golden Witch eagerly awaits your arrival. Please take your seat opposite her. Were you able to rest and devise your game plan? Which has high expectations and has no intention of holding back. I also look forward to seeing your strategy. The difficulty level is extreme. The witch intends to make you surrender in an instant. Yes. Difficulty level is definitely extreme that mm. i can say yeah, this... for the first the first episode it said standard didn't it and i was like yeah. what on earth does that fucking mean and now i'm like oh i see <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've made it difficult to read for many in many ways <laughs> yeah it's not only like hard to read it's also like if you try and think about it you're just a bit what because suddenly things are like just go completely insane and um, we'll we'll go kind of go through it in chronological order and make observations, but like it becomes apparent pretty quickly, mm -hmm. like the direction things are going in. So we uh, our introduction sequence is um, uh, everyone's favorite characters, George and Shannon, on a date in an aquarium for ages. I know it's so long. <sighs> they don't. They don't shut up. We get lovely shots of Maria as she's like leaning in to feed Shannon. Or... Shannon, not Maria. Not don't Maria. make this worse. Please, please don't bring Maria into this. <laughs> <laughs> You've thought of a way you 
could make this worse, literally. <laughs> For the audio <laughs> listeners, I have no hope to inside. Amazing. But yeah, no, she, she does like, they're properly like feeding each other and like making like cute jokes and like. And George is like, I always thought people in public who were couples were disgusting, but now I bet everyone looks at us and thinks that. And I'm like, yeah, probably because of the huge age gap rather than the fact that you're Mm -hmm. like feeding each other, to be honest. (laughs) Also, he says a line about like, if I saw a couple like us in public, I would have thrown rocks at them. And I was like, yeah, I want to throw rocks at you right now. Please stop. (laughs) Um, George's opening, like, gambit of the entire chapter is he's like, ooh, I love to eat fish. Anyway, Shannon, you look nice today. And I was like, yeah, I was like, excuse me? You better not be doing what I think you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like, no, we're at an aquarium. Um, Isn't it funny that people want to eat the fish in an aquarium? And I'm like, "Mm, I don't trust. I don't trust that's what you implied with that line at all. (laughs) I didn't pick up on this at all. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, no, I literally, I really, George wants to eat that fish. Um. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's not helped that he's like, later on goes off on a whole like, welcome to my twisted mind, Tumblr dad bit where he's like, the quote I've got screen capped here, which is, I think not the worst one. Um, is I can play with her emotions. I wrote that down too. And I can have them all to myself. But he's like, oh, I can punish you however I want. And she's just like, like, oh God, please don't do that. And I, I'm just like, this isn't, this yeah. isn't funny, kinky stuff. Like, you're her employer, basically. Yeah. Like, she, she needs, not she only, needs this job to live. Not only are you like seven years older than her, your family also employs her, and you could get her fired. Yeah. I also read yeah. that line as like huh. like George was there being like, Wow, I'm thinking about picking up bullying as a career. Like <laughs> I hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> He's just like, Wow, I never thought this could be so fun to like oh. manipulate someone like this and you're like, That's not the flex that you think it is. No. No. Like mother, like son, yeah. I guess. So, um, my notes say Shannon does have drip, though. Admittedly, like her outfit is kind of nice. It is cute. It's not amazing, but considering like my other outfit is a maid mm. dress, like yeah, eh, I don't she's think fine. she's had much time like, for nice. fashion. Um, in the ten or so no. years she's been employed on an island, isolated from society. No, I respect a pinafore. We love a pinafore. We love bunglers in this house, so. Um, 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 yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm giving her points. I'm not for mad Jack. at it. I will say, I think the worst part of the George Shannon relationship is George. Uh, I think yeah. there's some interesting stuff there, but then there's George. It's also yeah, Shannon. Mm-hmm. Shannon does irritate me though because she's very like timid in a like an <laughs> way that I realize that's just yeah. how she's written. But she is written like that, and it's awful. Yeah, so, yeah. You um, can tell that the writers are kind of capitalising on the the kind of innocent girl doesn't really know much about the world because she's been very sheltered and stuff, but has also been kind of like yeah. heavily abused through her whole life. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just like yes yeah you're just like stop playing this as a fun romantic trope in this gross couple that you've done this is this is really grim yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, I also it's... loved the casual bit of like fat shaving they managed to like poke into oh, this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they were both yeah. like. Last week we spoke about like, like. Oh, I'll just pretend that I barely eat and that will make them think I'm really attractive. And I'm like, George, mm. Shannon serves your fucking food for you. Like, you're not good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna convince her even if you did like what the fuck are you doing like mm-hmm. yeah we, we we spoke last week about like the the fact that nanjo and oh george's uh, dad have both given like like uh sloth and, and gluttony or something in the characters. um and then yeah, and then this week, Shannon's like, you've got your dad's constitution, you need to be careful what you eat. And I'm like, mm, mm, I'm just like, let's, let's throw some lovely pithy life advice of, it doesn't just matter about exercise, you have to worry about diet too to maintain your body. I'm like, yeah, because we all look for fucking lifestyle advice from an anime visual. <laughs> you know that's going to be well sourced, yeah, don't you? you? I, I am looking... I am looking for lifestyle advice from this 2D character that is about to <laughs> yeah. be murdered. I will say the nice bit is, is you have to remember throughout this entire visual novel is that George is canonically unattractive, no matter how like pretty an anime boy they tried to make him look. Uh, no, he's, he's something else. To the George in my life, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry to all the Georges listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry to George who is listening right now. The first ten minutes, the you first suck. ten minutes of his character introduction in the game gave me such hope. And look what he's done with it. Yeah, it's so bad. I will say, I, I was, I, I do was... just feel bad for Shannon because, like, mm. she is in a very difficult position here, and I kind of get why she wants to go through this relationship. Um, I think from this episode, you get a lot more insight into her mindset and why she would want to as well, which made mm-hmm. for me made me think that I was like, oh yeah, like this completely makes sense for her. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't think that the writer's class class consciousness is like really all there, um, and I do want to go more in depth on this later when we talk about uh, some of the other things that people say. Like, I've got some all caps notes about this because I feel so incredibly strongly about all of the furniture-based pl- plot. And that's heavy. So, that's heavy in uh, this but episode. Yeah. So. Who is it yeah, ever? this is uh, sort of furniture the episode. So, um... <laughs> Uh, I'd say that's a key theme. So we kind of wrap up this date with uh, Shannon saying that it's thanks to magic they were brought together. And George is like, oh, you mean like, haha, like spirituality stuff? And Shannon's like, no, literally magic, like real magic. And he's like, oh, haha, that must be because of her irrational female brain that she believes that. We'll just go along with it. (laughs) God. (sighs) Just... Uh, just awful um and then we cut to a flashback from 
I think it was not a family conference. It's like kind of like uh, Ava, George, and Hideyoshi just sort of showing up to talk with uh, Kraus. Mm, a bit earlier. Just, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, so we uh, cut back to that with um, uh, with sort of a family meeting with uh, Ada's family and Kraus's family. And um, a- Ava has some girl boss moments where she uh, is like, women can behave however they want. By the way, fuck you, Natsuhi. Um, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what she does. And I like her for Women it. can be whoever they want, except if they choose you because you're a fucking asshole. Natsuhi's <laughs> <laughs> like... And she is, but, like, Ava's also awful. So. Yeah. Um... Hold on. Uh, we've got so have we done that? Have we done? Oh, that we've got the mirror. There's yes. like there's a couple of bits that flash back to that. I think it's several. Uh, yeah, I forgot. There. There's the mirror stuff. I think there's actually before the family meeting. Yeah. Uh, so um, there's the mirror and then there's the opening yes. credits. I think. Um, I thought the um, uh, opening credits were uh, between these two flashbacks, but yeah, there's one more, which is Shannon. Um going to uh, the shrine that in, the last, in episode one Maria noticed had been destroyed um, and um, she smashes the mirror in the shrine saying and says that she has fulfilled her promise to Beatrice. Mm. She mm. has her own Beatrice moment in the storm. <laughs> she does. Yeah. yeah. She does. She does. And then we get the theme song and I do think that there's some hints hidden in the animation of the theme song. Um, I thought that that was probably the case the first time I watched it. And then, uh, like, for example, the four people who survive uh, in the first episode are all pictured together. Um, And I'm like, hmm, the culprit's in there too. Uh, But without knowledge of the visual novel, I'm unable to say. Yeah, I will say this is the... um... Is like the most spoiler-free opening possible, so um, there are some yeah, hints in there, but like it is fairly like innocuous if you're not super familiar with the uh, mm-hmm. the VN. Yeah, but yeah. definitely keep an eye out. Like Mat- Maria and Beatrice, are yes, pictured together, and like Maria's like shadowed mm-hmm. over. I think the one bit that I really remember of that yeah. is that there's one bit where you see like half like just the, the edge of maria and there's a trickle of blood coming down her face oh yeah and i was like mm. that's that's one of the things that made me think yeah there's going to be some child death going on probably in some of in one of these episodes somewhere and it's going to be awful yeah i'm not looking forward to it um i mean there um, kind of already so, has so... been child death yeah. because yeah. uh yeah. they only found maria's jaw which doesn't entirely imply that she survived uh, episode one. <laughs> so, um, indeed. Uh, uh, rip episode uh, one, Maria. Rip, rip. R.I.P. to a real one. The real uh, OG Maria. Uh, the OG uh, Maria. So yeah, um, then we go to the family scene we just described, uh, and uh, Shannon and. Jessica leave the family meeting and Jessica's Mm -hmm. like ooh you like George and he likes you George by the way at the family meeting spitting some facts about uh, Earl Grey that it's named after a real person 
Um, I want to I want to set the record straight. Um, this is my time to do so. Um, the Earl of Grey did not invent Earl Grey tea. It was given to him a gift by an unnamed Chinese Mandarin person. And he just took all the credit for it and started producing it and monopolized on it monetarily. So that fucking uh, tracks, doesn't it? That's bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, it completely tracks. It's bullshit, but um, I have that's been thing. reliably informed uh, as well from one of my flatmates' uh, work colleagues that anyone who drinks Earl Grey is a Tory. And um, having drunk Earl Grey today, I was like, "Well, it's up for me." <laughs> is that what you're <laughs> drinking right now? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it stands for <laughs> for the audio listeners. I am taking a sip of tea <laughs> as Jess was saying. It stands so, for George. I'll I'm say that down. It scans for George. God, it really does. I hate him. Mm. I hate him. That's all you get. Uh, yeah, it does, like, especially in this scene, it does, like, it does, like, reiterate that, like, even, like, just diffusing the tension in the scenes, like, in the, um, with the adults when Shannon's trying to, like, be a, you know, be a servant. In doing that, he's like the only one who treats her in any way like a person. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah, I can see why she's latched onto it like that. Um, yeah. I can see why Jessica's like, mm, you two should get together because he treats you like a human being. Yeah. And also, she's a kid as well. So she doesn't know any difference. She... Yeah, exactly. She Not only is she a kid, she's like an incredibly sheltered kid. Who like basically only ever leaves the island to go to school? Yeah. So great. Yay. My notes say, "P.S. I fucking hate this game." Also, it's put between like three different. <laughs> yeah, just like awful, awful, awful. <laughs> P.S. I hate yeah. this game. Um. There's also because because then like. George, Jessica, and Shannon all go outside while the adults like have the rest of their yeah. They, and the- so George, so Jessica and Shannon go out first, and then George like joins them later. And the reason for that is because basically they have to really carefully manage which like who is present when Kinzo has a meeting with any of his kids because his horrible abuse of them upsets the power balance is if the servants see it or the the grandkids see it. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) Ah. Um, I think, I think, is it, I I think Rudolph says at one point, like, I'll take a couple of slaps if he'll give me a small one of a million dollars. And I'm like, (laughs) they're just like, oh, how much abuse can I take if I get, managed to get, mm." Trade off. You get beaten up. Uh, but you also get. 7 million yen. A million yen. yen. <laughs> you also get 10 tons of hidden gold. Ew, 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 ew. I hate these people. I hate their life. I want so, um, Ava <laughs> comes and joins them outside and is kind yeah. of like, don't worry, Jessica, you'll find a suitable uh, uh, husband. And says, so will you, Shannon. And then whispers in Shannon's ear, stay the fuck away from my son. You should go hook up with a servant. <laughs> also, George, you're getting an arranged marriage. He, She calls her an incompetent, uncultured servant. 
And like, this is the moment where I was like, okay, Eva's now like gone from being like, wow, you're an asshole to like, okay, you're just evil now, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. She's just girl bossing her way all over this chapter. We get so, so many moments this this episode where somebody turns to generally Shannon and is like, y'all suck. Yeah. <laughs> suck. And there's and there's nothing you can do about it because it's the circumstances of your birth and your class and your position um, that's the problem. It's not literally like it's like a clip of Isma going, Maybe you should have thought of that before you became a peasant. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh. Um I've got I've got a screenshot here of uh, Natoshi <laughs> saying that's good. Servants should endeavour to use only those words. The next time you talk back, I will give you an even more severe punishment. So keep that in mind. Engrave these words on your heart. Which I'm assuming is a foil of Kinzo being like, you have the golden mm. eagle engraved on your heart. But it's also a fucking gross thing to say to someone and a gross thing to imply that somebody's situation in life is, quote, engraved on their yeah. heart. Yeah. Um, um, no, so he's not great, this chapter. Whoops. Um... Yeah, so after uh, Ava's family leave, uh, with, uh, you know, the last note being the prospect of George having an arranged marriage, which Shannon's not pleased about. Mm -hmm. George Um, also not... Well, actually, he's kind of... He's a bit like, "Uh, that's a bit rubbish, but oh well. Yeah, I think especially because it's implied that uh, Ava had an arranged marriage. Yeah. So I guess, like, he can't completely discount it because then it's like criticizing your parents so yeah mm. and there are many mm. things he would do i don't know he wouldn't do that no no what the way parents treat their children as george has already established for us is completely up to the parents and you shouldn't intervene yeah. <laughs> but yeah so they leave not so he like tells off Shannon for not cleaning quickly enough, but that's because one of the other servants, I believe Lunon, uh, cleaned cuts corners. Like, yeah, she cuts corners. She only cleans the bits that she knows uh, Natsuki will check. Um, and Shannon tries to clean everything, so she yells at Shannon, says, until you've uh, finished cleaning the entire uh, like uh, foyer, uh, you're not having dinner uh, and you suck. And then Canon, no dinner, like, no yeah. breaks yeah. either, not mm-hmm. just no food. And I wrote, this is proper slavery, isn't it? Yeah, like, she is getting paid, but like, yep. definitely not enough for all of that bullshit. Like, come on. There is, for, for clarification, listeners, there is no payment that is enough to be treated that way. If somebody's treating you that way, <laughs> leave. Get out. Get out, yeah, exactly. And then. No money is Canon worth that. appears. And basically says behind Nazi's back, oh, you suck, actually. Which is right, and he should say it. Yeah. Um. (laughs) It's sad. It's sad seeing that scene, though, because it makes it super obvious that, like, they've both, like, internalized the horrible messages thrown at them in different ways. So, like, Mm. Canon fully believes he is furniture, but he's also like, Natsu is awful and she shouldn't treat us like that. Um, yeah. Whereas Shannon's just like, no, I do believe I have feelings, but also this was my fault. And you're like, no, Shannon, no. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. There's. Mm, yeah. 
You're spot on. <laughs> it's it's gross. It's Ming. <laughs> it's Ming. Ming. Yeah. It's gross. It's grim. It's it is. Ming. It is all of those. Um. Um. So as as Shannon's cleaning the room, uh, a certain someone. Yes, she appears. starts like talking to the portrait of Beatrice. Her only friend. <laughs> Beatrice. Her only friend. Completely dismissing that fucking Canon yeah. is there, sticking out for her every turn. But to to pop be off, fair, I she guess, does queen. like seem to consider him like a brother rather than a friend, mm. which is. Also, I think if she confessed her George feelings to him, he'd just be like, what the fuck with furniture? Why are you doing this? Well, we do, um, yeah. Honestly, doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. <laughs> you shouldn't be dating George, but it's that's not It's not because why. you're a chair. It's, um, it's because uh, <laughs> it's really fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, who should show up? But everyone's favourite golden witch. Beatrice! Yeah. Yay! Yeah! Girl boss aficionado! So this was the point where I was like, oh, difficulty extreme means she's just going to be there. <laughs> like, yep. it's going to be very hard to, dis- to, to dismiss her existence when she's just parading around being like, hello! <laughs> it's Hi. me! Look Thank at my you. magic tricks! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, who are we talking about? I don't think <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not real. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Definitely she she shows up and like tells Shannon and says, Wow, your life kind of sucks at the moment. I can right. help fix that. This is definitely not like a red like a big red flag because there definitely aren't any stories about making deals with the devil. Haha. <laughs> There'll be no consequences here. Absolutely no consequences. She's like, Listen, uh my powers on this island kind of restricted. But there's like this ancient mirror uh, on the shrine, and if you go smash it, uh, I'll uh, help you and George like kind of work something out. So I have two things to say about this situation. One of them's fairly serious, and the other one isn't at all. So the first, <laughs> the first one is that like in the way that she talks about it, like there's this really like they really like slam home the the kind of this is an original sin metaphor. Because she's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like blah blah mm-hmm. blah, humans like forbidden fruit, like temptation, like yeah. There's a lot of that, and also she mentions Jesus once, and I'm like, why is Jesus here? Anyway, <laughs> um, that is my question why? for a lot. That's my question for a lot of this chapter, actually, is why is Jesus here? Um, <laughs> yeah, I want I want an answer to that question. Like, it's the occult. I would love if it was just that they were basically using Christianity as a like ooh spooky occult like aesthetic. That would that be was, that was it. I would so love that. Good. <laughs> that is that is what we deserve. This would be yeah. the only thing to redeem this book for me. <laughs> um, and the other thing, so so like obviously there's there's some implications based off that, and like like yeah okay, so like original sin is like everyone's if if shannon's eve in this circumstance then everyone's fucking gonna blame her for the events that happen because yep but like even though like this is a this is very much a different kind of situation in which he's literally being offered like a better life like it might it might not be true but like i don't feel like that's what the garden of eden steak was up to yeah Mm -hmm. like 
who was like, oh yeah, you'll be free of this awful, awful paradise if you just eat this apple. I was like, a little bit of a different situation going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing I have to say about this scenario is the quote about the mirror. Yes. She's trying to explain. She's trying to. So Beatrice is trying to explain why the mirror is a problem. Yes. And she says that mirror is a fork, and my power is soup. Mm-hmm. And it literally only occurred to me about a week after reading it that what she she didn't mean it was some kind of like rock paper scissors kind of thing where like fork <laughs> beats soup. I was seeing I was like Beatrice has some of supermancy powers. <laughs> and I was like in the, I was like Oh my god. I, I, I like wrote in my notes like what this analogy doesn't make any fucking sense. A fork is powerless in the face of soup. Not, I, I was like not another flip over the chessboard moment. Yeah, I was like, forks, forks don't defeat soup. Like, and why are we talking about sentient cutlery? This doesn't make any sense. And then I was like, oh, she needs to eat the soup to get the power. I see. I see. Metaphor. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it. And Beatrice, one of Beatrice's powers is now soup. Good. I could see that. Um, Minestrone. Minestrone. <laughs> Minestrone. Minestrone. <laughs> Um, I do want to note that um, Burncastle gives us a gift of a spoon in the end of the hidden tea party. Ooh. We can drink Beatrice. We can drink. Beatrice brings the soup, will bring bring the spoon. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a party. A hidden tea party. Ooh. Yeah, so... My my notes for the I've, I've literally the only theory I've written down so far for episode two is Beatrice's power is from literal soup. Yeah. Um, and my reasoning for this is once Shannon smashes the mirror, she can materialize enough to eat mortal food, like soup, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe she was completely literal. She had a really good she had a really good like um, leek and potato, and now she can. <laughs> Um, she also seems to love tea parties and you could conceivably have soup at one of them it's true case case closed um i will i will add add arguments that a lot later on she does talk about preparing food she talks about preparing steak adding brandy and fruit to things people mainly uh but she does Mm. talk about food a lot so maybe she's like a, a a cookery witch soup wizard soup wizard um but yeah i think that that might have yeah i think that was just some poor wording or just me being completely like dense but i was no. that confused me for such a long time no that's <laughs> that great didn't confuse me soup but again i have read it before <laughs> i can't remember that ever me ever thinking that was literal i was like oh yeah it's that's why she can't use her magic powers because it's weird interactions with the um Japanese magic, but yeah. Nah. No. Um, no, I, I, um, we get some magic effects noises, like the 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 VN makes noises when Beatrice does magic. It's the same noise as the Nether portal from Minecraft. Is it? It sure no. it sounds like it. Yo, Minecraft, real <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> um. It, 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 it sounds very similar to that noise. The big reveal is that this is this game is Minecraft. 
the whole the whole way. <laughs> tweet tweet the podcast Twitter account with whether or not you think yes. it's Minecraft. <laughs> That this is Minecraft. The Ender Dragon just shows up at the end and eats Beatrice. Good. Yeah. <laughs> no, she did nothing wrong. <laughs> she did not. She's trying so... to sleep in a bed and it's exploding. That's how Hideyoshi dies. <laughs> so, um, uh, Beatrice makes this offer to Shannon mm-hmm. and it's like, by the way, slight time limit. If George falls in love with someone before you do this, um, uh, I, uh, I can't help. So, uh, uh, don't take too long. Uh, and also, so you don't think this was a dream, I'm gonna leave these little butterfly burn marks mm-hmm. on your hands. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cannon uh, turns up for the end of that scene as well, doesn't he? And he's like, yeah. what are you fucking doing? Yeah, Cannon's like, I do not trust her. Don't listen to her. Please. She definitely does not have good vibes. Yeah. And uh-huh. also, to be fair to Shannon, like, she initially does say no. Yeah. Like, e- even even when, like, like Beatrice's like, yeah, I could help you, like, I could help you get the one that you love and get away from this place. She's just like, nah, that sounds a bit shady. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, good instincts there, for a start. What are you talking about? She's <laughs> literally the most trustworthy witch I've ever met. Um, but yeah, she does wear her down unfortunately mm. yes but mm. also like the way that that happens which is why i have written the words hot take i don't think beatrice is a very nice person you guys <laughs> um is that like one of the ways she convinces shannon to say yes is by like using ava's words and like like calling her like furniture and the certain thing and being mm-hmm. like you don't want to be that for the rest of your life do you mm-hmm. um and it's all very i was like oh you're being manipulative here Okay, I'm just in defense of Beatrice. It could be really good soup, and she really wants to eat it, so she's just gonna say whatever works. Yeah, um, she needs that soup. She needs that soup. Good soup. Mmm, and... <laughs> good, good soup. Uh, so, as we know, Shannon does destroy the mirror. Yes. As we were shown at the start. So, uh, then, um,. Beatrice shows up again and they have a tea party. They sure do. It's cute. Yeah. It's they have so a little cute. they sit on the beach, they have cups of tea. So she give her like she gives Beatrice like a cupcake or something. Yeah, I mm. think it was implied that when Shannon went on the date with George, she bought some like candies or something and brought them back mm. for Beatrice. Yeah. Yeah, they're like like chocolate coated, like Japanese like biscuit yeah. snack. Yeah, things. they're a bit funky, and that's why Beatrice hasn't had them before because yeah, they're not from the island. Um, Beatrice like really preying on the fact that Shannon has absolutely zero friends, and is like, yeah, I'll be friends. I'll like we can be vaguely equals, maybe if we sit on this, then have tea together. And I'm like, mm. I do think we um, get some genuine like like a genuine bit of emotion from Beatrice here when she's given the candies like I do think there is something there where Mm. she's like a little bit taken aback like oh this mortal thought of me and is being genuinely nice and I'm I'm choosing to believe that because I really like the idea of a narrative where genuine kindness like is 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 powerful 
and yeah. powerful mm. enough to combat the witch um i'm choosing to believe that that's the case here i would love mm. that to be the case i don't know if it will be we will have to find out mm. mm-hmm. um so it's revealed that shannon was given this like bu- butterfly brooch yes to um uh to like give her the power to fall in love with george or have him fall in love with her or whatever Mm-hmm. Uh, for their relationship to work out, and she tries to give it back to Beatrice. She says, "Right, it's in its job. I want to do it on my own from here on out." And Beatrice is like, "No, you can keep it. Uh, you can get rid of it if you want, but you can also give it to someone else and help them out." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't worry about it, sis. Yeah. So like, you um, wouldn't give it back, would you? That would be ungrateful. And so many people haven't liked my gifts in the past. I'm like, I wonder if that's because there were any like really terrible consequences to, have to <laughs> making those deals. No, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I couldn't retrieve that last brooch because the owner got run over by several cars. Mm. Do you know how that happened? <laughs> mm. I do want to say, like, if Beatrice's whole deal is that she needs people to believe that she's real to be real then having somebody have a brooch that you've given them is a really good way of like someone believing that you're real yeah mm. she she's constantly like from the moment she appears in this episode she's constantly trying to assert her presence in the world yeah through, yeah like marking people's bodies giving them things like eating physical foods like mm-hmm. doing things that they're like you can't you can't explain this away because how else would like if i wasn't real how would i be able to do this yeah um yeah. Mm. That's because it's her deal, actually. Yeah. I also love, by the way, that one of the things they talk about at this tea party is how um, who can sense Beatrice and who can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oh, yeah. it, they say how like, Canon and Shannon have enough magical like essence or energy or whatever to be able to see her and interact with her. Um some can only sense her mm-hmm. and i suspect mm-hmm. what she means by that is like you know when like kumasawa and other people like other some of the other servants were talking about how they could sense her in episode one i suspect that's what mm-hmm. they mean and they said kraus and natsuhi have absolutely zero <laughs> yes yes and so does kinzo yes so fucking funny um yeah. <laughs> she says he has no natural magical talent but because he read enough books, he basically managed to do the kind of do enough magic and mage stuff to be able to interact with her anyway. And I'm just like, he used magic Viagra. <laughs> Don't like that. Don't I like that. Because... <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna refute this. I think what Beatrice actually says is he gets close enough to a ritual that she's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna humor him anyway. So I think she just faked a magic orgasm. I don't think he's got the talent at all. I think she's faking it. Yeah. I think she's like, oh, I'll respond to him anyway. Yeah, just, you know, it's like he—he's tried so hard. I'll just—I read it as more of a like. She's like found it funny that he was trying so desperately to get in contact with her, uh, and so she just showed up to she was like, like go on make then. fun of this him. This would be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then maybe has been trapped by the mirror think it's implied but yeah no, yeah it's God. implied that something kind of went wrong and that's how she ended up yeah. in the weird giving him tons of gold yeah uh, yeah she talks about like how he trapped her in a bird's cage yeah, yeah she says um, that several times 
and she does i don't know whether she actually knows how that happened or not or whether she's just like not going into it yeah yeah but it's implied she got out and that's how that's why kinzo is like so sad all the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um so and it's so funny that he's spending all his days screaming to see her again and she's literally right there and he can't see her yeah she does seem a bit actually sad about that like genuinely sad a little bit mm. uh, but i don't know yeah. how much that's just her feelings seem to be it. like see she seems to have like she seems to be confused by like her own feelings on it i think is kind of the vibe i got um she's not quite sure how to process that like what, what happened there in fair to be able you know i too would struggle if there was a weird old man who was like screaming and crying and throwing a tantrum every day because he didn't get to see me like i would be flattered but also weirded out and i don't think and you I'd were be there able to just and that. you were just kind of standing next to him like oh god this is a lot yeah right. yeah that mm. would be it would have an effect yeah mm-hmm. yeah i could see that um I think they also talk about the the shrine and the origin of the shrine, don't they? Yes, yeah. And that it was like, because they said something like, bad things happened on the island in the past that caused distortions to turn up. And then the Eastern mage who set up the shrine, like, sealed them away. Mm Mm-hmm. I know Kumasawa talks about it in like detail. Mm. She clearly knows more about it than anybody else. She she will not tell us. She seems to have, like, um, uh, talked about, like, sorry, she seems to been local to the island mm. for, like, a long time. I think it's, like, brought up that she, like, has a lot of family nearby as well. So, like, obviously the uh, Kumasawa clan is um, uh, very, uh, very knowledgeable in this kind of stuff. And um, yeah. a, the... Uh, uh, island used to have a uh, a different name. It used to be called uh, Azukijima, which mm-hmm. means uh, Azu- Azuki Bean Island. But it's pa- apparently a corrupted form of its original name, Akujikishima, which means Evil Appetite Island. Just a little different. An yeah. appetite for soup. I'm just See, we've cracked, we've cracked this game. We've cracked it. I've really sold it. Visual novel Umineko is just about soup. Super <laughs> Triche theory confirmed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there was like all well, these like fisherman myths about like these demons. So the shrine was set up mm-hmm. to keep the demons away. I think it's because there were a lot of storms. I think was mm-hmm. part of it was like boats would go missing. Yeah, I yeah. I just remember. think it's really interesting having that there, and then in the comparison to the much more actually like the fact that Christianity is mentioned so much more often than that, and, yeah. and that the two seems to kind of like conflict a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm like, where's this going? What are we doing? Yeah, because it's like gone from like evil like Shinto implied spirits to a witch, yeah. which is a lot more of a European concept. And like Beatrice so. is talking about Jesus and you're like, okay. Why is he here? And quoting the Bible and eating soup and you're just yeah. like, what's going on? <laughs> this is my blood which was shed for and you. Also, also, there are many, there are a couple of little like throwaway lines that imply that Shannon is also Christian. Oh! Interesting. And I, I was those. like... 
to be fair, I don't know much about religions as it like as mm-hmm. the kind of Japanese um, kind of what kind of religions there are in Japan and what they kind of refer to their deities as. But like, as far as I was aware, they don't talk about a capital G God in the mm-hmm. same way. Mm-hmm. And Shannon <laughs> mentions it twice. She thanks God at one point for having George and she also she also establishes herself as abstinence club president by saying that God <laughs> would disapprove if she had sex before marriage yes I remember oh, yeah. this whole deal going down of that and that I was ties just in like... quite well to the next scene after she's like done with Beatrice she's like sort of hanging out with Jessica talking about the trip Mm-hmm. And Jessica's like, "Why did you guys sleep in separate rooms? Why didn't you fuck?" And she's like, "I'm like, I'm so glad they didn't have sex. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that they are waiting for marriage, and maybe just keep waiting. Yeah, I don't know. Sex before maybe... marriage is bad, and so is sex after marriage. Also, <laughs> it's the only way to not uh, catch an STD. Yep, yeah, truly. So, uh, Shannon, I think you should uh, maybe uh, never sleep with George." Honestly, I think nobody should ever sleep with George. (laughs) On principle. Yeah. I think he'd be the kind of person that, like, would really pretend in a sexual context to really give a shit about what what his partner, like, whether his partner enjoyed himself, but then just didn't. But then just would be like, oh, actually, no, I'm tired now. So uh, we're going to go to bed. Um... (laughs) (laughs) George is absolutely somebody who's like, I can make women orgasm, and like tells all of his friends that he is in fact able to do it. No, yeah, no, no. (laughs) And even if he hit has, he's like, it's like that one time, and he's like brandishing it around forever as like his (laughs) his greatest success. And it's like, and he's like, even though it's extremely difficult to make a woman orgasm, (laughs) really hard, and everyone's like. In fairness to George, <laughs> if you're rubbing the left lip, it is very difficult. <laughs> so, like, he he probably did have a hard time. Um, he should improve his oh aim. Oh my god! We need to move on immediately. This is grim. <laughs> so Jessica kind of starts talking about how she doesn't have a boyfriend and that she needs one because, like, the school culture festival is coming yes. up soon. It's and... in it's in vogue to have a boyfriend. Yeah. And all her, she's told her friends she has a boyfriend because she's so popular. So everyone's like, you have to have a boyfriend. You're popular. That's how popularity works. Yeah. But she doesn't have one. Yeah. And uh, she's panicking. Yeah. So Shannon's like, what if we got Canon to pretend to be your boyfriend? And we were like, and, and this was the moment where we were like, Shannon, this was one of the worst ideas you've ever had. Yeah, seriously. Have you met Canon? Like, literally, I feel like Genji would have been a better choice to pretend <laughs> to be your boyfriend, because at least he wouldn't, like, get emotionally traumatised off this. Like, Canon's been going around the whole chapter being like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Shannon? Why are you saying the ocean looks blue when it looks grey? Yeah. And she's like, with love. The ocean always looks blue. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't fucking get you. What's wrong with you? You're literally a chair. Over the course um, of this argument that they have, um, one, Shannon deadass calls Jessica a Sunday and is like, those will be really yeah. popular in the future. 
and two. Oh, yeah. They, which, yeah, which I, I, I was like, awful, horrible. Terrible. <laughs> also, um, they have a fight. And what we get is the screen shaking back and forth and boing noises. Dead ass just like boing, 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 boing. And I'm like, that's their titties. <laughs> That's how. That's but how that's just the theory. They, they just whack their theory. titties against each other. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know because I've never been a girl, but I I assume that that was their titties just whacking against each other as they were fighting. It just was. It just felt really gross as a choice of sound effect, particularly when we know that they've got genuine punching sound effects in the game yeah i'm i'm wondering well, they whether were they were like... trying to like they were i think well probably what they were trying to do is doing like they're doing kind of jokey physical contact so we've got to make it not sound like they're actually punching other yeah. each other but they chose the wrong sound effect to do that yeah, yeah. i always imagine it as like them like hit each other with like pillows or something you know yeah you're right this this maid and her mistress should have an anime pillow fight that is better <laughs> 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 I mean, it, the, suddenly the novel's like, we're going to get really meta and really anime right now. And then we're yeah. going to immediately like, oh, wait, no, then we have the school culture festival. Which, so, yeah, uh, which continues. Actually, which actually. continues. It's just like, oh, you wanted anime? Here this we chapter, go. we are bringing you anime. So, we, uh, so Jess- we're at Jessica's school. And um, she is... Uh, you know, prepping for a, like a band performance, mm-hmm. and all her friends are like, "Oh my god, Jesse, when is your boyfriend gonna show up?" And she's like, like oh. And then Canon shows up in uh, the Canon gender trench coat, uh, <laughs> which is just like really serving trans man couture uh, right there uh, with this like huge coat that like obscures his entire body shape <laughs> um, love I believe I described uh, it on the twitter as tech wear he's like, I'm gonna turn up and make people wonder if I'm really like three goblins stacked on top of yeah yeah that's it really the weird huh? it's so funny um, and he shows up and like um, I th- and like this gets really animated to the point where I think this might have gone over your heads from what I saw in the notes document. So he refers to himself as Boku, yeah. which is like a Japanese pronoun usually used for like more like I don't know like younger men or like men who are like trying to come across as like less like macho. Mm-hmm. So, and they find that cute. He's younger than her. That's cute. He's a um, servant. That's yeah, yeah. Probably wants the vibe. <laughs> he calls her uh, Jessica Summer, which is like no. He calls her Milady. Yeah. So like, they they ah! all they like they all they're all there like completely misreading the fact that like she's his employer. As yeah. being like, oh, she's this like femdom girl. <laughs> like, she's got a little meow meow boy. <laughs> I was fucking living for her calling, for him calling her milady. Like, it, like exposing himself as somebody who has been on Reddit and is just yeah. like, milady. And I'm like, mm. but I guess because he's like, you know, he's implied to be quite really like small, tiny, and like adorable, and they think it's really cute. Um, 
And then uh, Jessica beats them all up. With brass knuckles. <laughs> with brass knuckles. <laughs> with brass knuckles. <laughs> Which like, I know she... is like, it's meant to be like an anime gag, but it's like really funny given <laughs> yeah. like, the tone of the violence in chapter one and yeah. chapter two. <laughs> I love she it because she's she's just like casual violence, brass knuckles on. Let's go, let's hurt my friends. Yeah, and yeah. It's that's great. how she's learned love because that's how she receives love from her family. Yikes! Yeah, I will uh, say um, when you said that we in an earlier episode that we saw Jessica's school uniform. I was imagining a much worse scenario than just there was a flashback basically to her at school <laughs> at one point. So I'm like, so there wasn't a, like, few. Yeah. For a start. Yeah, bullet dodged. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. <sighs> yeah, uh, when you, because like, when you, when I brought that up, I was like, they're never going to guess this is the actual context. Yeah, no, I'm so glad the context yeah. was school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then uh, Jessica become British and sing songs. God. She, she becomes a British idol. I love that she's wearing an outfit that says, I'm a Tory. <laughs> <laughs> Blue with it's, a Union Jack on it. It is like, it's so anime idol, but it's also like, yeah, got, got British flags on it in a way that like... <laughs> <laughs> Jessica become British. She's like, she's like, ooh, ooh anime, also nationalism. Not for ooh, this. Ooh, I'm like... representing Britain at Eurovision, uh, <laughs> 1986. <laughs> um, oh, Go, I'm uh, like, why? Like, she doesn't have any connections to Britain in any way. I don't think it's supposed to look as British as it does. <laughs> I think it's just because I think they just shows like a cute like stripe pattern for her to wear on her dress. And we're over here like, why is she British? No, no, it deadass is the Union Jack, I swear. I don't know. Yeah, I, I felt like it was as well, but like... I, I, I imagined it was like Britpop. Maybe they're just using maybe they're just using the Union Jack to be aesthetic, you know? Like, with Christianity. Like, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I thought it was like Britpop uh, was the vibe I was getting of like... I mean, it's a bit late for the novel. Um... Okay, it, it is off-center. I can believe that this is... Um, uh, uh... I'll post uh, the picture in the episode description, uh, because if you're playing the original version of the novel, uh, she has a different outfit, but the version we're oh, playing... Oh, interesting. She, yeah, she has... Uh, so the original sequence in the novel is a Toho reference, but we're playing the PS3 version and they had to remove that for copyright reasons. <laughs> and they also oh. changed the song she sings so it's not a Toho song anymore. Interesting. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, gonna gonna indulge myself here, feel free to edit it out, but excludes a rather odd mix of stars are refused to become entirely British. Hate. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so, um, yeah, it does seem very So, bad. yeah, it is. Uh, it does give that vibe. Um, she, yeah, she sings her very uh, generic idol song, uh, No Offense, Jessica. And Cannon's like, wow, she's completely different than when she's on the island when she's not singing J pop. I, I know, he's like, <laughs> he's like, people are not necessarily all that they seem on the outside. He has this full on revelation about it. And I'm like, buddy. Trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the performance goes well, and when uh, 
they go back to the island there. Jessica's having dinner with her parents and her mum's like, you were amazing today. And Jessica's like, really? And she's like, yeah, the uh, speech you gave at the opening ceremony was amazing. And uh, yeah, I was like, as soon as Natsuhi said, as soon as Natsuhi said you were amazing, I'm like, well, she's not fucking talking about the performance because she'd be, she'd be fucking grounded for that. Yeah, she'd it's be established furious. in this scene that Natsuhi doesn't let her have hobbies because they might get in the way of her studying. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Great parenting here today at Rock and Juma. Yeah. Um, also in this scene, uh, Shannon is like serving dinner to them all and she's like really happy and bubbly because she's like in love. Mm-hmm. Um, and Krauss is like, show me that smile again. Foods always <laughs> no! tastes nicer when it's served with a smile. And I'm like, huh, and, huh, she's a child. <laughs> I'm like, for a start, for a start, disgusting. But also for a second, if you want your servants to be happy, maybe don't treat them like dog shit. Yeah. To be fair to Kraus, uh, it's the wife's job to deal with the servants. Oh, He's yeah, too yeah. busy He's investing too... in crypto. He's too busy making terrible <laughs> investments that make him in debt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Uh, so... Uh, J- J- Jessica goes outside and talks with Canon, uh, who's, uh, they have a bit of, like, a heart-to-heart. Yeah. She's like, uh, you know, you're, you're not furniture, you have a real name, what is it? And he's like, I'm not gonna tell you, mm-hmm. you're a bird, and I'm a duck. Which, and then, <laughs> yeah, you can tell this guy didn't go to school, huh? <laughs> gonna gonna not yeah. a, not a bird expert here, but I do believe ducks are birds. <laughs> you know, until you until you said until you said like like he didn't go to school. Her, huh? I was like, it's, it's a weird comparison. Then I was like, wait, ducks are birds. Ducks are birds. <laughs> I think it's more that ducks can't fly. Is like the point he's getting yeah. at. Is that everyone else can like yeah. fly and he can't mm-hmm. because of being a servant or being furniture and he's like Ah. he's at least partially completely true Mm -hmm. he's just internalized it to also mean that he's not like he's incapable of having emotions Hmm. Um, i i do feel somewhat for canon's struggle here like this is one of the few things in the novel that i was like this is i don't even know whether i necessarily believe it's well written and we can go into this later but like at the time as he was talking about this struggle about like how he's expected to behave and like how he's expected to act to make people happy versus like how does he want to be like that that push and pull i was like i this is getting to me a little bit um it's completely thrown out the window when like people start calling him furniture again uh but because mm-hmm. it goes mm, there's there's some class consciousness stuff uh, later that i'll go into but like yeah here i was like hmm this isn't as badly written as i pretend it is is what i will say <laughs> we love to hear it <laughs> yeah, anyway. it, does, it does try to go into like the kind of like the struggles that like well yeah canon and shannon in this chapter are having with like how to have relationships with people when everyone around them is either also a servant mm-hmm. or someone that they're so f- inferior to yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I will say in terms of the whole Jessica and Canon relationship, uh, obviously it doesn't actually end up panning out, but I kind of 
have a bit more like sympathy towards Jessica, like way more than I do towards George, because she is a like eighteen. She's like incredibly sheltered, and um, she clearly does not understand the dynamics here at all. Yeah, like she's like she basically comes up to him and says, "Just stop being a servant, lol." Yeah, and like... um. It makes Which, it, and I know he, she doesn't mean it maliciously. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. trying to be helpful, but like it's made quite clear, I think, throughout this chapter, whenever she's talking with Shannon or Cannon, that like she sees them as like her equals. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. in the sense that like yeah, they are employed by her family, but they're her friends, and like mm-hmm. they could do the same things she could and stuff. And then like that isn't what their relationship is at all, mm-hmm. and they know that. Um, but yeah. she's because she treats them nicely. She thinks she's like, well, why is it different? And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Jesse. And um, uh, Canon basically like turns up and says, "Look, stop crushing on me. This isn't gonna work out. D- sorry." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jessica kind of like runs off crying. Uh, Canon doesn't feel great. She makes she makes boing like, boing boing noises as she runs. Does she actually? No, she I'm actually. wondering. Okay, I was about to say. I didn't remember that. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was literally going to say, I don't think I pay enough attention to the sound effects. No, no, I only pay attention to the sound effects when they're bad. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> Great. Um, and then uh, who should show up but everyone's favourite golden witch? They are the Beatrice. Yep. And. Uh, uh, she shows up and is like, uh, Lamau, your furniture, uh, I, I have this whole plan to, uh, uh, kill George and Shannon because it will be really entertaining and fun. Yeah. And, uh, uh, also, uh, you suck. I, okay, I'm, I'm gonna do it here. There is, she implies here that furniture is out of her control and she keeps going back to this idea um, and it's it really bothers me because the implication mm-hmm. here is that if Canon remained furniture and like stayed in his social positioning, he would be better off because the witch wouldn't have control of him. Well, it depends what you define better off because like you're not always trying to evade the control of a malicious witch. I do, yeah. She basically establishes. This one is an actual rock paper scissors dynamic where she she suggests that she tyrannizes humans, humans abuse furniture, but then because furniture can't be controlled, then they would have the power to defeat Beatrice. I don't really know why. So like it doesn't. It's human. It's kind of implied. (laughs) (laughs) Human soup chat. Yeah. she um she kind of implies it's to do with like she can't like manipulate furniture in the same way she can manipulate humans because yeah. furniture don't have emotions. I mean, yeah, it, it we've betrays... still a bit of a way to go on the idea of furniture. But, it um... it betrays the fact that like well like what with what Beatrice was saying when she was like echoing Eva's words to Shannon when she was trying to control her is that clearly Beatrice also like buys into this idea that that the servants are furniture who don't have emotions too like she's clearly also <laughs> massively classic it's also because so like... it's like it's inherent to their person as well like like yeah. the idea is that furniture can't 
really stop being furniture. It can just pretend to be a human. And it's like, ah, the, these people are like separated out by, by class in a way that's just gross. Um, I, yeah, no, it makes me kind of livid. Uh, because she does keep mm. going back to this about like, and people are constantly being to them like, oh, you should stay furniture. And it is just, I, I do think because of the rock, paper, scissors, it does, the bottom line is that it reinforces that being furniture is a good thing for the servants and that you need to have all of rock, paper and scissors to balance it out. And so the servants should stay servants. And I think yeah, and that's Well, good. this does come down to whether you, um, or whether you believe Beatrice here. <sighs> Yeah, whether you subscribe to her school of thought. Yeah, I because mm. it's incredibly reductive on I think all three parties. Oh yeah, God, I but, think um... I'm 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 hoping that the narrative will do something really interesting with it. Yeah, and and like and do something to kind of like prove that despite like everything that they like that both the servants and the um the Richies and Beatrice um, <laughs> think about about servants and their position as furniture that they will like there'll be a narrative where like it's basically proved that like they're just the same as people because they're people um, and you know but I, I, I don't know. Sadly I guess because all of the interactions that we've seen so far have been filtered through Beatrice because every time we talk about furniture it is within the context of her as well like she's the one talking about it or she's the one trying to manipulate the furniture like that worldview is always being confirmed thus far and that's why yeah. I'm mad about it um if it would be yeah, nice I'm to see later on that it, it gets that questioned change. at least yeah because um, I know that at least, because um, I know we're like, as the viewer, we're like the reader, we're kind of, we've been fairly aligned with Battler. Yeah. At least throughout mm. episode one. And like, it's interesting that all of these little snippets that we're getting at the beginning of episode two, Battler isn't in any of them. So we're getting a bit of like insight into like George's narration, Jessica's narration and stuff. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like we're still, we're still kind of aligned with Battler. And Battler is one person who like the concept of like, not only the concept of servants is a bit foreign to him, but definitely the concept that like servants should be treated completely differently and that they're they're like a subclass of humans he doesn't seem to believe in. Mm-hmm. So like hopefully that will mm-hmm. <laughs> like his like we'll get a kind of resolution through that viewpoint because because of him. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. I think there is a Definitely room to explore that in this visual novel. I'm sure it's never mentioned again by what you oh, said. Oh yeah, no, themes, um, who needs them? No, no, no. Uh, so I think on that note, we shall conclude this tea party. And next time we will uh, explore what happens on the first day of the family conference. Ooh, yes. Um... So uh, please follow us on Twitter at Hidden Tea Party, uh, in, and all our socials are in the description. Yeah. And uh, we hope all you listeners have a good night. Bye. 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 <laughs>